Blog Talk Radio. Welcome. You are listening to Secrets Revealed. Understand the Book of Revelation from start to finish. Today we are talking about the 1,260 days prophecy in the book of Revelation. It is Thursday, March 16th of 2023. You're listening to the live internet broadcast of Secrets Revealed. I'm so excited about what we are talking about today. I want to invite you to listen, to participate, to share during the live internet broadcast on Thursdays and Sundays, you can use our PGM phone number. That's one three one nine five two seven six zero two seven. You can use that number to listen. You can also press one if you'd like to ask a question, present your perspective, or share a prayer request. You can also text twenty four seven. Our PGN text number is one two one four. Five zero five eight seven one nine. That's one two one four five zero five eight seven one nine. I want to begin with a prayer. The Book of Revelation is the culminating book in the Holy Bible. The Bible has sixty six books, twenty seven books in the New Testament, uh, twenty seven books in the New Testament, and. Uh, The book of Revelation is the final book. It's the culminating work. And in this book, there are 12 statements of prophecy. They begin with verse 1 of chapter 5 and end with verse 5 of chapter 22. In the very first chapter of the book of Revelation, there's a special prayer. And uh, we're told that for those who read the book of Revelation, there's a special blessing, and also for those who hear the book of Revelation. And so I want to speak that prayer over you today as we listen and discuss the book of Revelation. Here it is in Revelation chapter 1. Verse 1 to 3 says, This is a revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants the the events that must soon take place. He sent an angel to present this revelation to his servant John, who faithfully reported everything he saw. This is his report of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. God blesses the one who reads the words of this prophecy to the church And he blesses all who listen to its message and obey what it says, for the time is near. So, friend and truth seeker, I declare, according to the word of God, that today you are blessed because you are listening to the words of the prophecy of the book of Revelation. And I pray, friend, that you will not only listen to the message, but also obey what It says, and as John the Revelator shares, for the time is near. So how do you obey what the words of the prophecy, uh, the book of Revelation, communicate? Uh, 
Every statement of prophecy has three things. Uh, one, two, or all three of these three things. Uh, number one, predictions. Predictions about events surrounding the second coming of Jesus Christ. So those events preceding the second coming, the events that accompany the second coming, and in some instances in three of the 12 statements of prophecy, events following the second coming of Jesus Christ. So predictions, and we see predictions in all 12 statements of prophecy. But a second thing that's included in some of the statements of prophecy, an admonition. An admonition is a warning, a warning which includes an instruction. And that second thing, following the admonition in a statement of prophecy, that's the way to obey the words of the prophecy. So if God shares a warning with an instruction, that's for our benefit. That's for our gain. And so we are blessed when we not only listen to the words of prophecy in the book of Revelation, but when we also obey what the instructions, what the warnings, the admonitions are. Finally, some statements of prophecy include words of consolation. These are words provided for the purpose of giving the listener hope in the face of distressing events. So today we're talking about the 1,260 days prophecy. Let's hear it. It begins with verse 1 of chapter 12, and it ends with, the last verse of chapter 12, verse 18, uh, just by way of completion, uh, let me share so that you have the complete picture what all 12 statements of prophecy are. So the first statement of prophecy in the book of Revelation is the seven seals prophecy. It's followed by the seven trumpets prophecy. The third statement of prophecy is the 1,260 days prophecy. The fourth statement of prophecy is the six Six, six Antichrist prophecy. The fifth statement of prophecy is the 144,000 first fruits prophecy, which is followed by the earth reaped prophecy, which is followed by the seven plagues prophecy, which is followed by the purple and scarlet prophecy, which is followed by the marriage supper prophecy. The marriage supper is the battle of Armageddon. Finally, the last three statements of prophecy in the book of Revelation, which span chapters 20, 21, and the first five verses of chapter 22, are the millennial reign prophecy, the dead judged prophecy, and the new earth prophecy. So today we're focused on the 1,260 days prophecy. It is the prophecy that includes what happens to the nation of Israel during the Great Tribulation. There's a seven-year period, Daniel's 70th week. So in Bible terminology, a week is seven years, and a time is one year. And we'll talk about, uh, as shared here in the 1,260 Days Prophecy, what happens to both Israel and God's holy people who 
are believers in Jesus Christ during the Great Tribulation. Let's hear it. Beginning with verse 1 of chapter 12, it says, Then I witnessed in heaven an event of great significance. I saw a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon beneath her feet, and a crown of twelve stars on her head. She was pregnant, and she cried out because of her labor pains and the agony of giving birth. Then I witnessed in heaven another significant event. I saw a large red dragon with seven heads and ten horns, with seven crowns on his heads. His tail swept away one-third of the stars in the sky, and he threw them to the earth. He stood in front of the woman as she was about to give birth, ready to devour her baby as soon as it was born. She gave birth to a son who was to rule all nations with an iron rod. And her child was snatched away from the dragon and was caught up to God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where God had prepared a place to care for her for 1,260 days. Then there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels. And the dragon lost the battle. And he and his angels were forced out of heaven. This great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, the one deceiving the whole world, was thrown down to the earth with all his angels. Then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens. It has come at last, salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ for the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to earth, the one who accuses them before our God day and night. And they have defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony. And they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. Therefore, rejoice, O heavens. And you who live in the heavens rejoice, but terror will come on the earth and the sea. For the devil has come down to you in great anger, knowing that he has little time. When the dragon realized that he had been thrown down to the earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child, but she was given two wings like those of a great eagle so she could fly to the place prepared for her in the wilderness. There, she would be cared for and protected from the dragon for a time, times, and half a time. Then the dragon tried to drown the woman with the flood of water that flowed from his mouth, but the earth helped her by opening its mouth and swallowing the river that gushed out from the mouth of the dragon. And the dragon was angry at the woman and declared war against the rest of her children, all who keep God's commandments and maintain their testimony for Jesus. Then the dragon took his stand on the shore beside the sea. That is... The 1,260 days prophecy, it's time for discussion and analysis. To begin, let's look at the reality of the two parts 
that together form this prophecy. About two weeks ago, or maybe it was a week ago, uh, on the first Friday that the Creed 3 movie was available to view here in the United States of America, we went to see the movie after having seen the movie trailer for this movie. And when I went to the movie, as we were watching certain scenes, I realized that I had seen those scenes before. And as I watched a scene that I had seen before coming to see the movie, I understood that I'm now at the point in the movie that was previously shown in the movie trailer. And I was not confused because I understand that a movie trailer is essentially a summary of a movie. It shares from the perspective of some director the key conflicts, the key uh, events that will allow a viewer to essentially understand what the movie in its entirety is about. Now, I tell you that story not to encourage you to go see Creed Three. I tell you that story to illustrate the geography of the book of Revelation. In his omniscience, his uh, knowledge of everything, so God is omniscient, he is all-knowing, God knew that at the end of the age, every place on this earth where the highest level of scholarship exists. I'm talking about referee journals, peer-reviewed journals, such as the New England Journal of Medicine, the Journal of Experimental Psychology, the Journal of, and we could go on like this for hours, uh, the highest level of scholarship that exists today in 2023 is the peer-reviewed journal. And there's a format that's used, whether you're in Australia, in the United Kingdom, in Canada, in Africa, or the United States of America. There's a format that's used. And that format is essentially... Presenting first a movie trailer and second the movie in its entirety. Let me say it another way. Presenting first an abstract and second a full report. There are lots of reasons that this is done. Let me just share a few. Often when looking at peer-reviewed articles, the information is extraordinarily rich. It is very dense. It is thick. It's layered. There's so many details that it's very difficult 
for a research scientist or uh, other professional to absorb all of the complexities in a singular read. And so the abstract allows the reader to know essentially what was this article, this study about, and what are the key results. And so that's one purpose of using this format. Now, when we look at the book of Revelation, there are 12 statements of prophecy, and I present to you, as your book of Revelation research scientist, I present this argument to you. I strongly believe, I'm fully persuaded that an important secret about the book of Revelation is that it uses this format. John the Revelator was called up to heaven, and in Revelation chapter 4, he shares what he saw when he was standing in heaven. And then, as he was standing in heaven, he was shown moving pictures. We call these moving pictures visions, because that's what he referred to them as. But if we used our terminology for today, we would call them movies. So what am I saying? John the Revelator was shown a series of visions, a series of moving pictures, which were curated images created by an omniscient God who had been to the future, created pictures of the future to show John the Revelator in our past so that we could understand it in the present. So, John the Revelator is standing in heaven. Let's go to Revelation chapter 4 for a moment. He's standing in heaven, and beginning with verse 1 of chapter 5, he sees the first set of moving pictures. Now, here's how it went, and we know this because he shares with us exactly what he sees in words. Here's what he sees. He sees the movie trailer for the Seven Seals Prophecy, and then he sees the movie in its entirety for the Seven Seals Prophecy. So two parts to that. Then he sees the movie trailer for the Seven Trumpets Prophecy, and then he sees the movie for the seven trumpets prophecy in its entirety. Now, I'm saying movie, going from moving pictures to movies, but I want to be more specific. There are movies that are fictional accounts, and then there are movies that reflect real events. We call these movies documentaries. And so in that way, the bulk of the book of Revelation is essentially statements of prophecy, which are documentaries. We say, well, research scientists, uh, how can these be documentaries uh, if they're statements of prophecy? So we are experiencing them 
as words written on a page. And so for us, they are documentaries reflected in the book of Revelation. But for John the Revelator, these were literal moving pictures, documentaries that he was shown. Imagine that you come to a specific location and there's an exhibit. And at each exhibit, there's a movie trailer. So you can press a button to watch the movie trailer. And then you can press another button to watch the movie in its entirety. And so John, the revelator, when he's caught up to heaven, he's standing in a physical location. And the angel chooses to show John upon uh, following the instruction that the angel received, we're told that the angel received an instruction in Revelation chapter 1. So the angel shows John the revelator in a row, in a consecutive order. First, the movie trailer, then the movie, then another movie trailer, then the second movie, then the third movie trailer, then the third movie. And it goes on like that 12 times. So we essentially have 12 movie trailers and 12 movies. So in writing terms, the language used is abstract. I want to share with you proof that the geography of this prophecy, the 1,260 days prophecy, has two parts. It has both an abstract and a full report. At the beginning of our time today, I shared that in the Bible, a time represents a year, in times, two years, and half a time, half a year. And so, in the movie trailer, verses 1 to 6 of chapter 12, we hear reference to 1,260 days. 1,260 days is three and a half years, is 42 months. So three and a half years is a time, times, and half a time. So a time is one year. Times, with an S, is two years. Half a time is half a year. So one plus two plus one-half is three-and-a-half. And so in verse six, the last verse of the movie trailer, it says, And the woman fled into the wilderness where God had prepared a place to care for her for 1,260 days. So this woman is the nation of Israel. And we're told in the movie trailer that Israel is going to flee from her place and go into a wilderness for 1,260 days. What else are we told that communicates that we're talking about the nation of Israel? So at the beginning of the movie trailer, God takes us way back in time. And we go back uh, approximately 2,000 years. We're told that the woman is pregnant and she's crying out because of her labor pains. And then we're told that Satan 
is standing in front of the woman as she's about to give birth, ready to devour her baby as soon as it's born. That's in verse 4 of chapter 12. And then we're told in verse 5 that the woman gives birth to a son who was to rule all nations with an iron rod. This is the most compelling proof. I think there are lots of proofs here, but let's focus on verse 5. She gave birth to a son who was to rule all nations with an iron rod. So Jesus Christ is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And indeed, he is going to rule all nations with an iron rod. So in the book of Revelation, in the marriage supper prophecy, in chapter 19, we're told that Jesus Christ will not only wage a war in righteousness, that's the battle of Armageddon, but he will win that war. Upon the conclusion of the battle of Armageddon, Jesus Christ establishes his government as described in the millennial reign prophecy, Revelation chapter 20, verses 1 to 10. And we're told in Isaiah chapter 9 that of the of the increase of his government and his peace, there shall be no end. So what are we saying here? Jesus Christ will rule all nations, and he will do it with an iron rod. Now let's talk for a moment about the iron rod. The iron rod is mentioned several places in the Bible. Let's go to Revelation chapter 2, verse 27. So, uh, again, we're establishing that Israel is indeed the woman so that we can be sure that we're on track with our analysis of the full report of the 1,260 days prophecy. So in Revelation chapter 2, Jesus Christ is sharing words for the seven churches that existed at that time. And he shares uh, a specific word for each of the seven churches. And as he's sharing for the church of Thyatira, he's, he says in verse 27, let's go back to verse 26 first. To all who are victorious, who obey me to the very end, to them I will give authority over all the nations. So Jesus Christ is saying, all whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, all who are among the wheat, all who are the sheep, all who are victorious. So that's what it means to be victorious, to have one's name written in the Lamb's Book of Life, which is evidence that one is guaranteed participation in the first resurrection. One is guaranteed a glorified, perfected body. And for all who are victorious, in verse 27, Jesus Christ says, they will rule the nations with an iron rod. 
Then he says in verse 28, they will have the same authority I received from my father, and I will also give them the morning star. And, of course, we know that he is the morning star. So he's saying, I'm going to give you myself, and I'm going to give you an iron rod. And with the iron rod, you will rule over the nations because he's giving us, he's sharing with us his authority. So he is going to rule with an iron rod, and to each person who is victorious, he will also give an iron rod. Now, let's hear about uh, the iron rod that he will rule with in the Marriage Supper Prophecy and Revelation chapter 19. So in Revelation 19, verse 15, it says, From his mouth came a sharp sword to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron rod. He will release the fierce wrath of God, the Almighty, like juice flowing from a wine press. On his robe at his thigh was written this title, King of all kings and Lord of all lords. So there it is. That's the definitive proof. Revelation chapter 19, uh, verse 15 says, He will rule them with an iron rod. So this is in this, the part of the marriage supper prophecy describing the battle of Armageddon and saying what's going to happen at the end of the battle of Armageddon. Uh, at the end of the battle of Armageddon, the Antichrist and the false prophet are thrown into the lake of fire. That's the second death. They are destroyed. That's God's plan, his strategy for destroying his enemies. Uh, they receive the second death. They're thrown into the lake of fire that burns with fiery brimstone forever and ever. And we're, we just heard that uh, Jesus Christ will rule the nations with an iron rod. So going back to where we are, the 1,260 days prophecy, in the movie trailer it says, she gave birth to a son who was to rule all nations with an iron rod. So this is telling us Israel gave birth to a son. That's Jesus Christ. And he is going to rule all nations with an iron rod. And then it says, and her child was snatched away from the dragon and was caught up to God and to his throne. And indeed, Jesus Christ rose from the dead and he ascended into the clouds and into heaven where he remains to this day until the second coming. And what is he doing in heaven? He sits at the right uh, hand of the father. He sits uh, on the throne, the right side of the father. And so let's continue. Verse 6 says, and the woman fled into the wilderness. So one of the things that happens in a movie trailer is that it spans long periods of time. And so verse 5 is telling us Jesus Christ ascended to heaven. And then in verse 6, we fast forward in time more than 2,000 years, and it says, and the woman fled into the wilderness where God had prepared a place to care for her for 1,260 days. Let me say it another way. Israel gives birth to Jesus Christ. And then Israel 
flees into the wilderness during the 1,260 days. So that's the movie trailer. Now, let's, let's take a look to establish that we aren't talking about Israel fleeing for 1,260 days twice. So this event, the wrath of Satan, the great tribulation, it doesn't happen twice. It only happens one time. However, in the book of Revelation, in this prophecy, 1,260 days is communicated two times. Well, why? Because there's the movie trailer and then there's the movie. So we just heard it in verse 6, the end of the movie trailer, the abstract for the 1,260 days prophecy. But in the full report, we hear that time period mentioned again. When we get to the uh, verse 14, it says, but she was given two wings like those of a great eagle, so she could fly to the place prepared for her in the wilderness. So it all makes sense. We finally reached in verse 14 the part of the movie trailer where it's talking about the woman going into the wilderness. So we already heard about this in verse 6, but now we're hearing about it again in verse 14. So in verse 6 it says, and the woman fled into the wilderness. And now here in verse 14, we hear she was given two wings like those of a great eagle so she could fly to the place prepared for her in the wilderness. So in a movie, we get more details. There are additional scenes that are presented. So we didn't hear about the great eagle in the movie trailer, but now that we're in the movie in its entirety, we learn that not only does Israel go into the wilderness, but she is given, she's going to be given two wings like those of a great eagle. So this is proof that the statements of prophecy, and specifically this statement of prophecy, it has two parts. It has an abstract and a full report. Let me give you one other proof, uh, and then we're going to go into analyzing the full report. But this is so important. The reason that you need this key to unlock the secrets of the book of Revelation is that if you don't know that each statement of prophecy has a movie trailer and a movie, you'll think that an event that happens one time happens two times. And so you'll, you'll think that... Uh, Something that happened at time A happens again at time D or E when, in fact, it only happened at time A. So let's hear one other proof to uh, demonstrate, to, to be clear, to establish that the 1,260 Days Prophecy has a movie trailer uh, and a movie. So... In the second part of verse 6, it says, God had prepared a place to care for her for 1,260 days. And it ends on that cliffhanger. And then at the end of verse 14, it says, there she would be cared for, talking about the wilderness, and protected from the dragon for a time, times, and half a time. So that's three and a half years. 
So we were told in the movie trailer that Israel, the woman, will flee to a specific place for 1,260 days, the exact number of days of the Great Tribulation, which is discussed in the 666 Antichrist prophecy in chapter 13, and also here in chapter 12, as well as in chapter 11. But it doesn't happen, the Great Tribulation doesn't happen six times or three times. It only happens one time. But if we look at the full report of chapter 11, three and a half years is mentioned. And that's in the Seven Trumpets prophecy. And three and a half years is mentioned here in the 1,260 days prophecy twice in both the movie trailer and the movie. And then when we look in Revelation chapter 13, that's talking about the period of the Great Tribulation. And three and a half years is mentioned again. We're told in the 666 Antichrist prophecy that the beast was allowed to speak great blasphemies against God, and he was given authority to do whatever he wanted for 42 months. That's verse 5 of chapter 13. So what's our take-home point here? The Great Tribulation only happens one time, and that time is finite. It is limited to 42 months. And 42 months is three and a half years, so one year is 12 months, so 12 plus 12 plus 12 plus six months, that's half a year, that gives us 12 plus 12 is 24, plus 12 is 36, plus six is 42. So when we're told in Revelation chapter 13 in the movie trailer for the 666 Antichrist prophecy, and he was given authority to do whatever he wanted for 42 months, this is talking about the Great Tribulation, and we're in a whole nother prophecy. So we're in another documentary that has a different focus. It includes the events leading up to the second coming of Jesus Christ, but it's its own documentary, its own statement of prophecy, and it references the 42-month period, the three and a half years. Okay. So I share all that background information with you so that you will be clear on these two keys that are major keys for unlocking secrets to the book of Revelation. When you're looking at the prophecies, you need to know two things. What statement of prophecy are you in? Because there are 12 and so there are 12 documentaries. Each documentary, each statement of prophecy has its own focus. So number one, what statement of prophecy are you in? After you answer that question, the second question is, which part of the prophecy am I in? Am I in its movie trailer or am I in the full report? Am I in the full movie or am I in the movie trailer? Let me say it in uh, writing terms, professional writing terms. Am I in the abstract? That's the movie trailer. Or am I in the full report? 
Okay, so Chapter 12 in its entirety includes two parts, a movie trailer and a movie for the 1,260 Days Prophecy. Now let's get into talking about the full movie. So it begins with verse 7. It says, Then there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels. Now let me pause for a second. Now remember, John the Revelator is not telling us things that happen in a specific chronological order. We say, well, he has to be. No, he isn't doing that. And the reason that we know that is because he's telling us about three and a half years in verses one to six. And then he tells us about three and a half years again uh, at the end of chapter 12. And then he tells us about three and a half years again at the beginning of uh, chapter 13. And all this was following him telling us about three and a half year period that happened in chapter 11. So now we're at the beginning. Now, did John the Revelator know that he was being shown a movie trailer followed by the movie in its entirety? In other words, that the images that he saw, that he was first being shown a summary of his vision, and then he was being shown uh, the vision in its entirety. I don't know. I, I, I'm going to guess that he didn't know. I mean, what, what he was experiencing was incredible. He was told, come up here. And he goes up here. Where's here? Heaven. Then he sees all these incredible events in heaven. He's telling us, not events, he sees these incredible things. He sees uh, creatures with wings, and he sees uh, a throne, and he sees uh, the members of the Sanhedrin, and they are carrying these musical instruments. And he sees all these things. So it's a lot. After he tells us everything that he actually sees as he is standing in heaven, then he shares with us the specific visions that he's shown. But these were visions created by an omniscient God and shown to him by an angel assigned to do the work of showing him these visions. So I don't believe that John the Revelator fully understood what it was he was being shown. Nonetheless, he did exactly what he was supposed to do. He saw the visions and he wrote down what he was supposed to write down, uh, which includes these statements of prophecy, the moving pictures that he was shown. So now we, we're here at part two of the 1,260 days prophecy. So he's telling us what he saw immediately after the first part of the vision ended. That's the part that was the movie trailer. So there was war in heaven. That's the beginning of the full report. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels. And the dragon lost the battle. Now, what are we talking about here? So there is a war in heaven. Two sides. On side number one, team God. On side number two, team Satan. On side number one, Team God, the battle is being fought by the angel, Michael, and 
two-thirds of the angels, uh, I'm saying two-thirds of the angels, but it doesn't say that. I have to take that back. It says Michael and his angels. Now, I'm saying two-thirds because Satan had only a third, but it just says Michael and his angels. Perhaps he didn't need all of the angels to win this war. I don't know, and we're not told. It says Michael and his angels. So on one side, there's Michael and those angels that have remained true to God the Father. And they're fighting against Satan and his angels. That's verse 7. Then verse 8 says, and the dragon lost the battle. So this war is fought in heaven. Satan loses. That's no big surprise. Satan is a loser. He's defeated. Uh, In our future, these are the upcoming defeats of Satan So Satan will be defeated after the Battle of Armageddon. Satan will be in hand-to-hand combat with another angel. We're not told who that angel will be. This is in the Millennial Reign Prophecy at the beginning of Chapter 20. Satan's in hand-to-hand combat with this angel. The angel uh, prevails, and he takes Satan down, throws him into the bottomless pit, puts a chain on the bottomless pit, and there Satan remains for a thousand years. That's the entirety of the millennial reign. Uh, then at the very end, at the very end, so that's the that's a defeat coming up in our future, Satan. And then his final defeat is reported at the end of the millennial reign prophecy. He's released, and he does what he does. What's that? deceives the people that God has purposed to be a part of his family. Some of them uh, listen to the deceptions promoted by Satan. But ultimately what happens is that he is thrown into the lake of fire. He experiences the second death. He is utterly destroyed forever and ever. So those two defeats are coming up for Satan. Here, we heard about how he lost the war in heaven, and then he was forced out. It says, and the dragon lost the battle, and he and his angels were forced out of heaven. Now let's go back for a second. So we're in the full movie, and it says the dragon lost the battle, and he and his angels were forced out of heaven. In the movie trailer, we got a reference to this. In the movie trailer, it says, his his tail swept away one-third of the stars in the sky. So in Revelation chapter 1, we're told that a star represents an angel, that there are uh, seven stars and seven lampstands, and a star, each star represents an angel assigned to one of the seven churches. That's in Revelation chapter 1. And so consistent in the book of Revelation, we have the usage of words to represent specific things. And star is repeatedly used to represent angel in the book of Revelation. So when this happens, the definition is given to us. Let me go there so you can hear that. So in Revelation chapter 1, at the end it says, "In 
in verse 16, in his right hand, he held seven stars and from his mouth, there came forth a sharp two edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in full power at midday. And then in verse 20, it says, as to the hidden meaning, the mystery of the seven stars, which you saw on my right hand and the seven lampstands of gold, the seven stars are the seven angels messengers of the seven assemblies churches and the seven lampstands are the seven churches so again we're told in revelation chapter 1 verse 20 the seven stars are the seven angels so that's a direct quote from the amplified classic translation so we're clear on that so we're looking in the full report and in the full report of the 1,260 days prophecy, it says in verse 8, and a dragon lost the battle and he and his angels were forced out of heaven. So now we're at the part of the movie trailer where it talks about his tail swept away one third of the stars in the sky. So what does that mean? That means that with Satan, a third of the angels were thrown to the earth. It says in the movie trailer in verse 4, his tail swept away one-third of the stars in the sky, and he threw them to the earth. And in the full report, it says, and the dragon lost the battle, and he and his angels were forced out of heaven. So now we have more details. Satan loses the war, and that is how he is thrown to the earth, and uh, the he and the angels, the angels that believed his lies, the angels that are team Satan, there are a third of them, they were forced out of heaven. Let's continue. Verse 9 says, this great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, the one deceiving the whole world, was thrown down to the earth with all his angels. Then verse 10 says, Then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens, It has come at last, salvation and power, and the kingdom of our God, and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to earth. So they're celebrating. They're celebrating that he's no longer allowed to go before God. Uh, it says, the one who accuses them before our God day and night, and they have defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony. And they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. Therefore, rejoice, O heavens, and you who live in the heavens rejoice. But terror will come on the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you in great anger knowing that he has little time. Just by way of reference, I want to point out that terror is also mentioned in the seven trumpets prophecy. Uh, with the sounding of the last three trumpets, terror is mentioned uh, as, as beginning with the sounding of the last three trumpets. Let's back up for a second in verse 11. So, we understand that after Satan is thrown out of heaven, 
Those in heaven are rejoicing. They are happy to see him go. They mention something very important in verse 11. It says, and they have defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony. And they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. Now, this is very interesting. They did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. My perception is that this is talking about those repeatedly referenced in the book of Revelation. So every believer and every unbeliever is mentioned somewhere in the book of Revelation, right? So when we look at the earth-reaped prophecy, for example, every person who participates in the first resurrection is mentioned. When we look at... uh, other prophecies, those whose names are not written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Let me mention the conclusion uh, that's mentioned. But there are several places where one specific group of people are discussed. In the Seven Seals prophecy, as well as in the Millennial Reign prophecy, those individuals who lose their lives during the Great Tribulation specifically are mentioned. And my perception is that they're mentioned here again in the 1,260 Days Prophecy. One of the things that sometimes people do when looking at the book of Revelation is that they think that every prophecy is necessarily about them. And some prophecies in the book of Revelation are specific to the nation of Israel. Some prophecies are specific to the church that's here during the Great Tribulation. And some prophecies specifically talk about subgroups of believers or subgroups of unbelievers. For example, one subgroup of unbelievers are those who will get the mark of the beast. But before the mark of the beast is administered, there are people who have uh, come and gone, right? There are people who are disembodied, who are in the storage tank uh, known as Hades. They await the great white throne judgment. They await resurrection for the purposes of participation in uh, the great white throne judgment described in the dead judge prophecy. However, there are several places in the book of Revelation where specifically those who have the mark of the beast are referenced. Those, that subgroup of uh, unbelievers. Similarly, There are several places in the book of Revelation where those who lose their lives during this 1,260 days are discussed. So we're talking about it in the 1,260 days prophecy, but I want to show you so we can consider where it's listed elsewhere. Now, talking about the millennial reign, At the beginning, so after the movie trailer for the Millennial Reign, looking at the movie in its entirety, 
the first two things that are mentioned is number one, Jesus Christ puts in place uh, judges. So he puts in place uh, judges so that we can have uh, order uh, in the kingdom of God on this present earth. But the second thing that's mentioned are those who lost their lives during the Great Tribulation because they refused to take the mark of the beast and they were preaching and witnessing for Jesus Christ. Let's hear it. So in Revelation chapter 20, verse 4, in part says, I saw the souls of those who had been slain with axes, beheaded for their witnessing to Jesus and for preaching and testifying for the word of God, and who had refused to pay homage to the beast or his statue and had not accepted his mark or permitted it to be stamped on their foreheads or on their hands. And they lived again and ruled with Christ the Messiah, a thousand years. So he identifies these individuals who died during the Great Tribulation because they refused to take the mark of the beast as disembodied souls. They resided in heaven for a very short period of time. We say, how do you know it was a very short period of time? Because the wrath of Satan is the great tribulation is followed by the wrath of God that culminates with the battle of Armageddon. And all believers will participate in the first resurrection. And before the marriage supper, which is the battle of Armageddon, is the marriage. That's the first resurrection. Daniel's 70th week begins with the confirmation of the covenant, and it ends with the Battle of Armageddon. And so uh, it's at a maximum only a few short years that those who lose their lives during the Great Tribulation will be disembodied. So is it great to live in heaven? I believe that it is. But they're coming back. They're coming back, and John the Revelator tells us, and they lived again and ruled with Christ the Messiah a thousand years. Now, what's the take-home point here? The book of Revelation is giving a shout-out, if you will. It's, It's putting a flashlight on a specific group of believers, those who lose their lives during the Great Tribulation. Now, why did they lose their lives? It says... For their witnessing to Jesus and for preaching and testifying for the word of God, for refusing to pay homage to the beast or his statue, not accepting his mark or permitting it to be stamped on their foreheads or on their hands. Now, that's also proof that uh, there's no pre-tribulation rapture. Don't be angry with me. I'm reading the word of God. I'm not telling you my opinion. Now, is God a liar? Of course not. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And what does the Word of God say? I saw 
those who had been slain with axes for their witnessing to Jesus. And then it ends with what else did they do? They refused to pay homage to the beast or his statue and had not accepted his mark or permitted it to be stamped on their foreheads or on their hands. Now, when does the mark of the beast come? It only comes during the Great Tribulation, as described in the 666 Antichrist prophecy. So you can't refuse the mark of the beast if you're not here to receive the mark of the beast. And you can only receive the mark of the beast during the 42 months referenced in chapter 13, the 666 Antichrist prophecy. Now, we're talking about the reality that a certain subgroup of believers are referenced. Several places in the book of Revelation, those who lose their lives during the Great Tribulation. So we just heard that in a millennial reign prophecy in verse 4 of chapter 20. Uh, they're also referenced in the seven seals prophecy. So uh, let me share that very briefly. In the seven seals prophecy, they are asking uh, Jesus. So believers in heaven are saying, Jesus, how, how much longer um, until you avenge us? And that's with the breaking of the fifth seal. Here it is, verse nine of chapter verse nine of chapter six says, When the Lamb broke the fifth seal, we're in the book of Revelation, when the Lamb broke the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of all who had been martyred for the word of God and for being faithful in their testimony. They shouted to the Lord and said, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you judge the people who belong to this world and avenge our blood for what they have done to us? Then a white robe was given to each of them, and they were told to rest a little longer until the full number of their brothers and sisters, their fellow servants of Jesus, who were to be martyred, had joined them. There it is, friend and truth seeker. The full number of their brothers and sisters, their fellow servants of Jesus who were to be martyred. So when does the fullness of the Gentiles come in? The fullness of the Gentiles comes in the moment the last person finds and follows God's plan for salvation before the first resurrection. So the marriage of the Lamb, which is the first resurrection, happens in the same timing, just before the marriage supper. So the wrath of Satan, the great tribulation, is followed by the wrath of God. And here in the 1,260 days prophecy, we're talking about the wrath of Satan, the great tribulation period, the reality that it's 42 months, as noted in Revelation chapter 13. It is three and a half years, as noted in Revelation chapter 12. And also uh, 42 months is mentioned in Revelation chapter 11. All of these prophecies are focused on the great tribulation period, but have uh, different realities that they are uh, 
communicating to us different parts of what is happening during the Great Tribulation. So here in the 1,260 Days Prophecy, in verse 11, it says, And they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. So I believe that this is talking about those individuals who lose their lives during the Great Tribulation on account of refusal to take the mark of the beast, witnessing for Jesus Christ, and giving their testimony. So let's continue. In verse 13, it says, When the dragon realized that he had been thrown down to the earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. But she was given two wings, like those of a great eagle, so she could fly to the place prepared for her in the wilderness. There she would be cared for and protected from the dragon for a time, times, and half a time. So we already know that the dragon is Satan, but who is the great eagle? In Daniel chapter 7, Daniel chapter 7, verse 4, there's a reference to the great eagle, and I want to cut to the chase. The book of Daniel was written nearly 600 years before the book of Revelation, yet the same ten horns, the same ten kings that are mentioned uh, in the purple and scarlet prophecy in the book of Revelation, chapters 17 and 18, are mentioned in Daniel chapter 7. Now, how is it that two individuals who never met Daniel and John the Revelator could have visions reflecting the same period of time in the future. Because the period of time is set, because it's not, uh, it's not a fictitious account, these are real events in our future which have been viewed by an omniscient God who is able to go into the future, share it with individuals in the past so that those in the present can understand what is to come so that's what has happened here we need to go to daniel to unlock the secrets of the eagle and the woman so in daniel chapter 7 verse 4 it says the first the babylonian empire under nebuchadnezzar was like a lion and had eagle's wings I looked till the wings of it were plucked, and it was lifted up from the earth and made to stand upon two feet as a man, and a man's heart was given to it. I want to pause there for a second. The lion, as described here and in other verses in Daniel chapter 7, is one of several beasts that will be included in the Ten Nation Alliance, which is uh, very shortly, very shortly, this ten-nation alliance out of Europe will greatly dominate economic and political affairs. Now, every nation is not going to be ruled by the Antichrist. Due to time constraints, so I won't be able to focus on that today. But the majority of 
economic affairs and political affairs will be dominated by the Ten Nation Alliance, which will be led by the Antichrist. Uh, for our purposes, let us note that in Revelation chapter 13, we're told about the lion, the bear, and the leopard. And what God did with the vision shown to Daniel and the vision shown to John the Revelator is that he used emblems, animals associated with specific nations at the end of the age. When's the end of the age? It's right now. It's right now we are awaiting the confirmation of the covenant. That's the beginning of Daniel's 70th week. That's the beginning of the seven-year period in which the 42 months the Great Tribulation occurs. But the Great Tribulation is not seven years, but it's a part of Daniel's 70th week, which is a seven-year period. That seven-year period begins when that peace treaty is signed and there's an agreement that gives Israel a green light to rebuild its temple, the third temple on the Temple Mount. That's what we're waiting for. That's what we're waiting for because when that happens, that's the beginning of Daniel's 70th week. The Battle of Armageddon will be here very shortly once the confirmation of the covenant happens. Let's continue. The Eagle. We're told here in Daniel chapter 7, verse 4, that the lion has the eagle's wings plucked out of it. The lion represents Great Britain. That's our mother nation. The United States of America has an animal associated with it. It is the eagle. You see that on our currency Uh when you go to different places in Washington, D.C., where I happen to have been born, uh, you see the eagle many places. Why? Because it's associated with the United States of America in the same way that the bear is associated with Russia, in the same way that the lion is associated with Great Britain. And so this isn't uh, a history lesson, but let's recall from history that uh, we were once, a part of Great Britain, we took our liberty and this nation was established and we uh, gained through war independence. And as you know, we celebrate Independence Day in the United States of America. Maybe you don't know that, but here in the United States of America, we celebrate our independence uh, every July on July 4th. And very interestingly, as Irvin Baxter pointed out uh, in his lesson about uh, prophecy that this just happens to be verse 4 of chapter 7. So in Daniel 7, 4, July 4th, chapter 7, verse 4, is the Bible's reference to the United States of America. Now think about this. This prophecy was written more than 2,500 years ago. But here it is. Now you say, well, how is this possible? An omniscient God knows everything. And so, of course, God knew what nations he foresaw and knew what nations would exist at the end of the age. And if you wanted to have a way to share secrets, 
to communicate to those who had a heart for truth. You wanted to communicate the specific nations that would exist at the end of the age during Daniel's 70th week. How would you do it? Well, I don't know how you would do it, and I'm not sure how I would do it, but how God chose to do it is that he chose to share with us those animals associated as emblems, if you will, with specific nations. So the eagle is, in fact, the United States of America. You say, well, I'm not sure. Well, Daniel 7-4, let's hear it one more time. I looked till the wings of it were plucked and it was lifted up from the earth and made to stand upon two feet as a man. Now, you could argue, is that Uncle Sam? Yes or no? I'm not sure. And it says, and a man's heart was given to it. Just uh, for completion's sake, let me mention briefly, the leopard is the nation of Germany, as you may know. The leopard tank gets lots of press these days due to the war in Ukraine. Uh, if you just type into Google leopard, uh, the leopard tank will come up and you will see the nation of Germany, which uh, is uh, the nation that creates that tank. It's the number one tank in the Western world. Uh, I've read over and over again. Let's continue. In the 1,260 days prophecy, what does it all mean? It means that as it has been for many years, the United States of America during the Great Tribulation will have a great alliance with Israel. This nation, the United States of America, will support Israel. Our assignment as a sovereign nation is to provide care and protection for the nation of Israel because that is the will of God and it's going to happen. Now, I don't know who the president of the United States of America will be during the Great Tribulation, but I know this for sure. The Great Tribulation will be a time of great distress like the world has never seen and will never see again once it has ended. During that time, Israel will not be taken out. Israel will survive. And part of Israel's survival will be due to the care, support, and protection provided by God who will use the United States of America for a time, times, and half of time to support Israel. Now, another good point here. Notice that it says she was given two wings like those of a great eagle. During the Great Tribulation, the Ten Nation Alliance will dominate economic and political affairs, but the United States of America will be great. Now, will we be the number one nation in the world? Absolutely not. We say, but don't you want America to be great again? Of course I do. But what I want more than that is I want the will of God to come to pass. And I'm not going to deceive myself into thinking that my prayers are going to change the will of God. When the will of God was made known to the prophet Jeremiah for the nation of Israel, and they were told that they 
needed to accept their captivity, to uh, go into the nation of Babylon. Many went in the first wave. They didn't say, oh, Jeremiah, you're telling us the word of the Lord, but we hate it. We're going to pray against it. Now, some did that, but many listened. Daniel listened. He went in the first wave with the others to the nation of Babylon. Now, what am I saying here? When the confirmation of the covenant happens and we begin to see the economies that exist outside the Ten Nation Alliance, we're going to see those economies suffering greatly. We're going to uh, see different things happening perhaps with the currency. Don't pray against the will of God. In other words, America will be a great nation during the Great Tribulation, but we will not be the number one nation. The Ten Nation Alliance will be the strongest nation that exists on the earth, and the reason that that is going to happen is because it's going to usher in the wrath of God, which will culminate with the war waged in righteousness, the Battle of Armageddon. Now, the instruction, you say, well, how do I obey, how do I obey God's instruction for this period of the 1,260 days? What do I do? The instruction for all believers for the 1,260 days is provided in the 666 Antichrist prophecy in verses 9 and 10, it says, if anyone is able to hear, let him listen. I believe that's you. Whoever leads into captivity will himself go into captivity. If anyone slays with the sword, with the sword must he be slain. Herein is the call for the patience and the faith and fidelity of the saints, God's people. So right before we're told six of the specific actions of the false prophet during this 1,260 days in Revelation 13, we're told what our call is. We're told what we're supposed to do during the Great Tribulation. We're called to be patient. We're called to have faith, and we're called to have fidelity. Patience, faith, and fidelity. Now, some people think, well, during the Great Tribulation, because we won't take the mark of the beast, that means we're all going to be poor. I don't think so. I don't think so. It says right here, she was given two wings like those of a great eagle, so she could fly to the place prepared for her. So, if we're taking care of the number one hated nation of the world, we have to have some level of greatness in order to succeed at that. And we will succeed at that. Now, how long will Israel be in the wilderness? 1,260 days. Let's hear more details. Verse 15, then the dragon tried to drown the woman with the flood of water that flowed from his mouth. Now, we are in the 1,260 days in this part of the prophecy. So 
So we we have been talking about specifically since at least verse 11, maybe sooner, but it, since at least verse 11, we're in specifically this three and a half years period, three and a half year period that's coming up. Now, what you're about to hear is the timing of how the Antichrist and the false prophet under the inspiration of Satan will wage two concurrent wars. What am I saying? Chapter 12 is about the war on Israel during 1,260 days. But also during that 1,260-day period, the Antichrist will grow in power and dominion, and at a certain point, he will wage war against the rest of us. What do, we, what do you say? What do you mean the rest of us? There are three parts of the harvest. There are three parts of the harvest. So what's the harvest? The harvest is every person who participates in the marriage, every person who transitions from mortality to immortality, every person that becomes a member of the royal race, every person who will rule and reign with Jesus Christ during the thousand years of the millennial reign on this present earth and on the new earth to come. Now, there are three parts to the harvest. Those who are disembodied souls in heaven. So there's perfect continuity of life. Every person who has ever lived and died continues to exist with his or her same mind, will, and emotions, same spirit, and either that individual is in the storage tank known as heaven or the storage tank known as Hades. There are two holding pins, heaven and Hades. Randy, Prophet Randy Chandler has referred to heaven as a storage tank. And uh, the prolific writer Randy Alcorn has referred to heaven as a layover. It's a temporary location. It's a temporary location. Uh, and... There are three parts to the harvest. So those individuals who are in heaven, that's part one. Then there are those individuals who will be on the earth at the time of the second coming. That's part two. And then there are the 144,000. That's part three. There are three parts to the harvest. We're going to have been talking about that, but we're going to talk more about that when we focus on the 144,000 first fruits prophecy later this year. But our take-home point right now is that during this 1,260 days, there's a timing secret revealed in this prophecy. Verse 15 says, Then the dragon tried to drown the woman with the flood of water that flowed from his mouth. But the earth helped her by opening its mouth and swallowing the river that gushed out from the mouth of the dragon. So during this period of time, Satan is going to attempt to take out Israel using water. Now, we're not told if this is a flood, if it's a tsunami, if it's a hurricane with water, if it's hail. We're not told exactly um, 
uh, what it is, uh, well, we're told that it's a flood of water. I assume that a flood means a flood. I don't know enough about uh, natural disasters to communicate anything beyond that. But it says a flood of water flows from his mouth. However, it doesn't work. Another defeat. Satan is defeated. Verse 16 says, but the earth helped her by opening its mouth and swallowing the river that gushed out from the mouth of the dragon. So it's like a river, but it's described as a flood. We know that it's water. And the volume is so great that unless the earth literally opened up, Israel would have been destroyed. However, that's going to happen. The earth is going to happen. Satan thinks he's going to be able to take Israel out this way, but it's not going to work. Again, he's going to suffer another humiliation, another defeat. So what happens? This is a very important part in the prophecy because it gives us a time stamp. It says, and the dragon was angry at the woman. So Satan's going to be really mad at Israel because, again, he's trying to take Israel out and he's not able to do it and declared war against the rest of her children. All who keep God's commandments and maintain their testimony for Jesus. All right. So take home point. During this 1,260 days, the entire period of time is the Great Tribulation. That's 42 months. That's three and a half years precisely. This is the wrath of Satan, the Great Tribulation. It is a part of a seven-year period, which is Daniel's 70th week, described in Daniel chapter 9, but it is not seven years. So 1,260 days is 1,260 days. It's three and a half years. During this period, the United States of America will be great. It will not be the greatest, but it will be great. And we will use our greatness, our power, our influence to protect and care for Israel. At a certain point during this 1,260 days, we're not told exactly when, but it's during this period of the Great Tribulation, a flood of water that's so great that it would ordinarily destroy, it would physically destroy the nation of Israel. It comes, but Israel survives because the earth is going to literally open up to swallow this flood of water. When that happens, when that happens, every believer needs to know that that's the commencement. That's the beginning of the war declared on the church. The war declared on the saints. The war declared on Christians. And it will run concurrent with the war against Israel. So, friend, I hope that this has been an interesting and exciting discussion for you. We're going to continue talking about the 1,260 days prophecy and the secrets revealed in it on Sunday at 12 p.m. Texas time, 1 p.m. Eastern time, and every Thursday at 
9 a.m. Texas time, 10 a.m. Eastern time. In April, we're going to go to the 666 Antichrist prophecy, but we're going to continue uh, focusing on unlocking the secrets of the book of Revelation. I urge you, according to Jeremiah 33.3, if you haven't done so already, call out to God. He promises to show you great and mighty secrets that you do not know.